You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider Credential, member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Monday, final day off before the regular season starts for the NBA and the New Orleans Pelicans traveling to Toronto to take on the Raptors, the ring night ceremony. We'll touch on that game tomorrow. We'll got a preview up for that uh, as we dive really into the regular season now that it is upon us. But before we do all of that, we've got some news. We've got updates on Zion Williamson, the injury, what it means for this team. They also played a pre season game where they beat the New York Knicks and Nikhil Alexander Walker continued to look really good. So we're going to talk Zion and this injury and what it means for the team. We're then going to recap that game against the Knicks, the final preseason game. And then we're going to talk Nikhil Alexander Walker. And I'm going to play you a clip from a new show here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So let's dive into everything in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So the Zion Williamson injury, we knew he was ruled out. The Pelicans sent out a press release on Thursday saying his knees experiencing soreness. He's out for Friday's game, and we'll know a little bit more. Well, on Friday, Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted saying, quote, a severe knee, a severe injury has been ruled out for Zion Williamson's right knee, but he is expected to miss a period of weeks to start the regular season, league sources tell ESPN. Pels are clearly treating injury with an abundance of caution, but there is no shortage of confidence in a full recovery. So... This is a weird tweet. There's no other way to put it. First and foremost, great that a severe injury has been ruled out, but that could be a matter of semantics, uh, depending on what you decide a severe thing is or not. But the weirder part is expected to miss a period of weeks. That is an indeterminate amount of time that could be two weeks, could be 20 weeks, could be eight weeks. I don't know. 10 weeks, I guess, is right in the middle there. I don't know. It's a weird situation to be in. There's been a lot of rumors and stuff floating around out there. But you know what? We don't know anything until the Pelicans formally put something out. So it's tough to read a little bit too much into this. And then if you were to have watched the preseason game against the New York Knicks, Christian Ledlow of the, uh, sorry, Kristen Ledlow of NBA TV basically said he hasn't been ruled out beyond tonight's game. That's encouraging and does seem to contradict what Woj said. So make of that what you will. She's saying she was told by the Pelican staff that the severity of the injury is not yet known. He'll be reevaluated this weekend in New Orleans, and he hasn't been ruled out beyond Friday's game. That's really good. Alvin Gentry at Media Availability on Friday also said he thought this injury happened in the game against the Spurs, meaning that Zion then practiced on this for a couple of days so should rule out the uh, significant injury but again this is semantics too and it depends on what you think the severity is regardless he's going to make a full recovery he's going to miss some time whenever that time is that you know whatever it is is going to happen that's kind of the extent of this 
So what does it mean for this team? Well, on Friday, you saw a bit of a different starting lineup because Zion wasn't in there with J.J. Redick getting that starting nod in the backcourt alongside Drew Holiday and Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and then Derek Favors. Derek Favors didn't end up playing, but you get it. That's probably going to be the starting lineup. It's probably a good move because, one, it gives you a little bit more shooting out there. We create some space for Lonzo Ball, for Brandon Ingram, for Drew Holiday, who are going to really be the go-to scorers on that. But it also helps free up some of that log jam of minutes at the guard rotation when you want to get minutes for Frank Jackson, for Josh Hart, for Nikhil Alexander-Walker, for each one more, and just the depth that's there. So this is, in a weird way, maybe a good thing because it gets these guys some minutes early on, and it's going to force this team to not rely on Zion. It also might make their defense slightly better with this tough slate of opening games because Zion has looked bad on the defensive side of the ball. So this is disappointing. It kind of sucks, to be honest. We were all really excited to see Zion on opening night. We were all really excited to see Zion on Friday against the Dallas Mavericks in the home opener. And who knows? Maybe we still will. But It does put a bit of a damper on all of this, but if you're looking for silver linings, this is it. This is really going to give us a good look at Brandon Ingram, who now kind of gets elevated in the scoring, uh, you know, side of everything, where they need him to shoulder more of that load. They're going to need Nicolo Melli to play significantly more minutes too. He needs to give you that rebounding. He needs to hit threes, but maybe it just gets him acclimated to the NBA a little bit quicker. So again, you want to look for this being a blessing in disguise. It kind of does all of these things for you. And I think this team has enough depth that maybe they can overcome this. Certainly no one can replace Zion and the scoring that he was likely going to provide. And he looked good offensively. Like when they ruled him out for this Knicks game at first, it just kind of made sense being like, okay, give him some rest. If he's a little bit sore because he's played a bunch and he's not used to this, let him sit. No big deal because he doesn't need to prove a damn thing that he belongs in the NBA right now. But now it gives everyone else a chance to really, really step up and maybe gel. And sometimes, you know, just losing a guy for a little bit forces things to coalesce together a little bit more. And that's, I think, what we're going to hopefully see with the New Orleans Pelicans here. That's the best case scenario for the New Orleans Pelicans here. But they're going to need to replace Zion's rebounding, which is a big thing because that that defensive rebounding leads to their offense. And that is so important for them. Obviously, they're not going to really replace him on defense. They'll probably just improve and get better on that. But we'll see how this goes for the rest of the games, for the start of the year, and whenever he comes back. Read into the rumors if you want. Don't if you don't. It doesn't really matter because either he's out or he's not out. And we'll see where this goes, and hopefully the Pelicans give us an update sooner rather than later. This is also a good test to kind of see how do they handle injuries and giving people timelines and all of that for what to expect for the future. They've had everything go right for them this offseason except for this now maybe. So now we kind of will have an idea of what information do they put out, what to read into the different things that they say because they haven't run into a situation like this. And now we're seeing how they react, how they respond. And it means we can kind of read things into it in the future a little bit more accurately. So keep an eye on for that press release, for subsequent press releases and whatever information might come out about this injury. So we'll recap the game Friday night, the Pelicans' final preseason victory, who looked good, who didn't, in Zion's absence. Before we get to that, though, today's show brought to you by Indochino. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when entering Locked On at checkout. 
Despite the Zion injury, the show must go on, and the Pelicans played their preseason game, their final preseason game against the New York Knicks on Friday, getting a 117-116 victory to finish the preseason undefeated 5-0. It's preseason, doesn't matter, but you've got to feel pretty good about that. Multiple third quarter, fourth quarter comeback victories, hard-fought games, impressive play from a lot of these guys. Despite their defense not being too great, you have to feel pretty good about 5-0. and As long as you just find a way to win, sometimes that's the most important thing. So without Zion Williamson, we already said J.J. Redick got the start in the backcourt. So you had J.J. Redick, Lonzo Ball, Drew Holiday kind of playing the three, but it's really just kind of three guys in the backcourt there. Brandon Ingram moves to the four, and then it would normally be Derek Favors, but he was being held out. Again, he doesn't need to play because this is a dude we all know what he's capable of, and they gave the start to Jaleel Okafor. Starters looked pretty good in this one. Drew Holiday finished the night with 13 points, four assists. He did shoot only 41.7% from the field, five of 12. He was one of four from deep. 13 points. It's Drew Holiday. We're not overly worried about this. The only hole in his game, really, offensively, might just be that inconsistent three-point shooting. Brandon Ingram also finished 5 of 12 in this one, 2 of 4 from deep, 4 of 5 from the line, 16 points on the night, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. You can see when he gets into the rhythm of the offense, the flow of the offense, he looks pretty good he's going to need a bigger scoring burden put on him but he also needs to rebound seeing him grab those six boards dish out three assists as well create for others that's where he can be his best not just being an isolation score but doing other things as well Jalil Okafor is a solid backup five four of eight from the field 13 points on the night nine rebounds cool if he has to play this many minutes 25 26 that's a little too much but what he can potentially give you in 15 minutes worth of action has to make you feel pretty good. Lonzo Ball a little bit disappointing in this one. Three of seven from the field, two of six from deep, only dished out three assists, grabbed three boards, finished with nine points on the night. Defense pretty solid though out there. His shot inconsistent. It needs to get better, particularly without Zion when everyone kind of has to shoulder the load. It's going to be put on him a little bit more too. You want to see him kind of shoot above 43%. But you know what? He is making some free throws. He was one of two in this one, 50%, which beats his career average. I don't know, silver linings. J.J. Redick was J.J. Redick. This is maybe his first extended run here where he got shots up, and he put up seven of them, hit five of them, three of four from deep, finished with 14 points on the night. Gives you three of four from deep. You'd like him to shoot more, but that is pretty good. We know what he's capable of doing. Nicolo Melli in this one, 22 minutes. Again, his shot is inconsistent. Consistent. It looks like he's still adapting to the NBA. Two of seven from deep. Those are the only shots he took, which at least is kind of nice. Grabbed three rebounds, four, uh, sorry, three assists as well. Finished with seven points. He just hopefully will keep improving, but man, he looks like an NBA player. He moves, he does everything you want. Frank Jackson in almost 17 minutes off the bench in this one. Four of six from the field, one of two from deep. Finished with 10 points on the night. But two guys really stole the show. We ran down the numbers of everyone else, but it was two guys that really stole the show. With Josh Hart and Nikhil Alexander-Walker, both tying for the team high in points scored, 17 each. We're going to leave Nikhil for the next segment. But Josh Hart was excellent in this one. Six of nine from the field, three of six from deep, seven 
rebounds for him, um, including two offensive boards, 17 points on the night, two steals as well. His defense was pretty solid. He showed you that he is a well-rounded player capable of playing in the backcourt or on the wing as well. That seven rebounds right there number really jumps out at you, and you saw him hustling for those in this game he is a guy that you know it's tough to kind of figure out where he falls in this rotation then he goes and has a performance like this where he's shooting it well and rebounding the ball and contributing in multiple areas you've got to find a spot for him it's also notable that Etwan Moore went 0 for 3 in this one finished with one point though he did have four assists and three boards so he's kind of dishing the rock too and keeping things moving but you have other guys that are capable of that that it seems like have a higher ceiling in Josh Hart and Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Both these guys, again, were excellent off the bench, leading this team to the victory. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, as we'll talk about in the next segment, basically won the game. Despite missing some free throws, despite Frank also missing a free throw too late in the game that could have really put it away, this team won it on the defensive side of the ball by outstanding play from the Pelicans' rookie. We will touch on that in a moment. Before we do that, though, I want to let you guys know about what's going on over at the Locked On NBA channel. We've got a lot, and it's all awesome. You're also going to hear a little bit of it in just a second here. We have three national shows now in the Locked On NBA part of things. The daily bite-sized look at the action from the day before and talking about what's upcoming and the biggest stories. Locked On NBA, that is Monday through Friday. The only thing that's going to catch you up on all the action around the league in basically 30 minutes or less, and I co-host the Wednesday edition of that. We also have two new shows coming. There's Rejecting the Screen, which is going to have a great wide ranging NBA talk. It's going to be Tuesdays and Thursdays, and they're going to have long-form interviews with that, as well as dive into one big topic on certain things. That's going to be a really cool show. And then also debuting on Locked On NBA, and exclusively part of the Locked On Podcast Network, we've got the new Hollinger and Duncan show. It's going to be once a week with the amazing insight of John Hollinger, who created the PER stat and then was hired uh, to work with the Memphis Grizzlies in their front office in analytics. He's basically the godfather of the analytics movement in the NBA. He's here, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, providing his insight. That is a brand new show, Hollinger and Duncan. I'm going to play a clip for you guys coming up in just a moment. Nikhil Alexander-Walker against the Knicks was outstanding off the bench. In almost 19 minutes of action, he put up 17 points, 7 of 11 shooting, including 3 of 4 from deep. Uh, grabbed 2 rebounds, 1 assist, did have 4 turnovers, though, which we've seen him do a little bit here and there. But really provided that scoring spark and just kind of kept the offense flowing and ran the offense more so, you know, as we've seen him do all preseason long, this guy was taken 17th overall, and he looks like a steal at that position. And they said so in the NBA GM survey recently. It's been five preseason games and a handful of summer league games, and everyone thinks this dude is going to be a tremendous NBA player. And I mentioned the Hollinger and Duncan show, and John Hollinger agrees with this. I'm going to play the clip right here for you guys what he says. The guy who really sticks out to me, I mean, I'm going to stay away from the captain obvious category, so I'm not going to talk about Zion Williamson right now, uh, but I will talk about a New Orleans Pelican, and that's Nikhil Alexander-Walker, because I never understood why he slipped as far as he did in the draft when there were so many question marks about this class, and he didn't have that sexy ceiling of some of these other guys. He doesn't have 
freakish athletic pop. He doesn't make plays above the rim. He doesn't have super duper explosive uh, burst off the off the dribble. But if you go through and check the boxes for what you want in an NBA guard, uh, does he have size? Yes. Does he have length? Yes. Can he handle the ball? Yes. Can he pass? Yes. He's actually a great passer, especially with his left hand. Can he shoot? Yes. Can he defend the position? Yes. There was like zero chance that this guy was going to fail, right? And in a in a draft with so many question marks and at a position where the league really struggles to find quality, um, I, I just couldn't believe that this guy wasn't a lottery pick given those parameters. I was a big fan of his, uh, even though he made a horrible school choice and should have gone to Virginia and not Virginia Tech. Um, <laughs> clearly, uh, he'd, he'd be a much wiser man for it. So there you have it, John Hollinger basically singing the praises of Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and he's not wrong. You know, again, he just does everything you want from a guy, and he won this game for the Pelicans on Friday against the Knicks. It is a meaningless preseason game, but it was a final possession after New Orleans basically turned the ball over. Julius Randle starts going downhill, and we've seen what that dude's capable of doing when you get him the ball and he starts to get a full head of steam, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker gets on him because it's kind of a semi-transition broken play type of situation stays with him and then when he goes up for the shot when Julius Randle goes up for the shot Nikhil Alexander-Walker just slaps the ball right out of his hand forces a turnover no foul just timed everything well but had the size speed strength to keep up with Julius Randle in the first place and then make that huge play that sealed the victory for New Orleans in this one You know, again, it's pointless. It doesn't necessarily mean anything. But just to see him do that on a power forward, a guy who can be a small baller center, and again, we're we're all very familiar with Julius Randle from last year, and know what he can do. He can be a good one-on-one scorer, particularly in a semi-transition when there's no one else around him and it's one defender. He's good there. And Nikhil Alexander-Walker just shut him down down he makes all the right type of passes passes he can run the offense his shot goes down you know he's got good length he should project as a very good defender eventually it's gonna be tough to not put this guy in the rotation as soon as tomorrow you know I I don't know what else to say like if if he's riding the bench because Gentry wants to play the established guys like okay I guess we can trust Gentry but This is a guy who should be playing minutes. I'm not saying give him 20 minutes per game, you know, maybe 15, but maybe 10. But he should be getting those kind of minutes right now. He looks good. There's just no other way to put it. And he's really impressed in preseason so far. Again, he's done everything you want to see from a guy. He shot in preseason here. It is 46.7%. He shot 47.4% from the field overall, so he's shooting an unbelievable clip from deep. You know, he's giving you four assists to just two turnovers and putting up 15.4 points per game on 11.4 shot attempts. Those are really efficient and good numbers. He's doing this in 18 and a half minutes per game. You know, defensively, he's been sound. I think we all agree with that. He's got a positive net rating while out there of 21. He doesn't turn the ball over a ton. The E field goal percentage is high. His usage rate is high, too. He's a dude who definitely needs the ball, and I don't know if you can kind of run him out there as, like, your fourth or fifth guy. Maybe he needs to kind of be the focal point of the offense with the second unit, something like that. That could be the one reason you don't keep him out there is if you just don't have a need for that. But there's probably a need for that. 
Like, why wouldn't there be a need for that? Overall, he's just looked good and has people paying attention. So we'll see what happens with the rotation starting tomorrow night. That's something I'm going to be intrigued by and keep an eye on because what are his minutes going to be? All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. We have made it tomorrow. Real NBA basketball starts. Pelicans taking on the Toronto Raptors. The first game of the season. That is pretty cool. The ring game. We will be here to preview it, talk about everything you want to know about this team, hopefully have an update on Zion as well. So again, thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And we'll be back with you all tomorrow. Tomorrow.